Welcome to our podcast series, Identity Dialoguing with the Other and Myself. I'd like to welcome Flora Kakanu, who is a scientist and business consultant in pharma, who's going to speak to us today about being of African descent and what it means to succeed. Welcome, Flora. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thank you. So I wanted to just start a little bit about uh, your origins and where you grew up and and what it meant to be of uh, African descent. Um, if you could just tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I grew up um, around Paris um, and um, I grew up in quite a big family. Um, I have a lot of siblings, as you probably know. Um, and I moved to Normandy um, when I was just, below 10 I want to say um moved to Normandy when my mom when my parents got separated um, and so then I did most of my growing up um in Normandy um and as a black kid you can definitely imagine in Normandy especially back then it was 2006 or something around 2006 and we were the first black family to move um there in that little town that's called Moult um in Normandy and um so that was definitely an interesting experience um very different from what people might think actually um but it was very interesting so it was just my sisters my brother and my mom we uh we started going to this school and you know when you get introduced to um a new class and the teacher's like here's the new kid and you're at the front of the of the class and everyone's saying hi and they're looking at you a little bit like oh like what's going on um and it was interesting because um people were curious more than anything um people were just you know, I I actually, surprisingly, my sisters and I, we were quite popular in school. Um, I did have a lot of friends. Um, I don't know if it comes from curiousness or just the innocence at that age that people don't, kids don't really care. Um, but yeah, it was a really good experience um, growing up there. I didn't growing up, I didn't grow up feeling any different from anyone. Um, I... I feel like I didn't really think even about being like black, like as in being different. Like, obviously I knew that I was black. I knew I was African. That's not something I was unaware of, but I didn't really <clears throat> like notice that there was a difference. Like, I feel like if I ever, um, when I got to the point of realizing that, it was when I grew up, when I started seeing maybe the news or when it was starting being talked about in class and I could understand it. Um, but yeah, definitely growing up was a good experience um, in Normandy, being African or not being African. I feel like I had just a normal countryside experience. And so it's interesting, you mentioned something about moments when people would ask about your hair or ask something. And yeah you would make these teachable moments, right? Mm -hmm. well, yeah. <laughs> I think, um, so when people do ask these questions, um, especially when we were younger, because nowadays it's a bit different to be asking these questions. You kind of should know because <laughs> you're able to just look it up for yourself. Um, but back then, definitely when um, I was also wearing natural hair um, when I was younger. <clears throat> and so... 
back then all these questions like oh why why is your hair like this or can I touch your hair to me it wasn't anything to do with trying to be discriminative discriminatory or racism or anything it was really to me it came from a place of curiousness as I said before um the feeling that I had when I was there as the first black family in that little countryside town was that people were curious about us um, rather than afraid or anything else that that you might think um, so yeah I, I I just took the opportunity to explain to them my hair is this way your hair is this way and when I have braids in that's how you do it actually my mom um, started getting known in the in the town um, to do braids like she, everyone started to know that she was really good at doing hair because she was doing ours and we started getting like little white girls coming to our house <laughs> for my mom to braid their hair and I think that says a lot about how people were really curious and if anything they probably were like oh something different in in the countryside you know when you're in the countryside and you've got these old ladies at their balcony who don't have anything to do all day um <laughs> They probably thought that it was just an interesting change to see. Um, and yeah, I definitely took these moments to to explain to people where I was from, um, what it meant to have hair like mine. And I'd, I, I never really had a moment where I had a question like this and where I was unhappy to hear it or I was angry or I answered in a in an angry way I mean to me it was always like oh you're interested it's good I, I'm gonna give you the answer you're looking for so it's interesting you also said something about what your parents told you about school and mm. succeeding what what did they tell you yeah um so when we were growing up that I think that started when we were still all together in in around Paris and um, definitely um there was like a big saying in the house which was you know we are black we need to be working harder than others to achieve you know the same levels um we need to be more disciplined and we need to just um have higher standards than most people because we're different um and that definitely comes from the fact that both of my parents came to Cameroon by themselves quite young um Came to France. Yes, came Cameroon. from yeah, from Cameroon to France. Yeah, um, quite young, uh, to pursue their education, um, and they kind of were by themselves. And obviously, it's very different when, um, you grow up in another country and then you suddenly move and you have to adapt and everything. They didn't have anyone to help them, um, and so it was probably harder for them to blend in and fit in. And so they had lots of obstacles that they didn't want us to have to go through so from very early on they they told us that they were very transparent and they were like you're going to struggle in life and you need to make sure that you do everything to struggle as little as possible um and also that affected i think the way we were raised as in um we weren't raised to only have um african habits and only be comfortable around um African people because I think nowadays even my little cousins like how things have changed with time they're being raised completely different um as us it's, I mean although their parents are siblings with my parents 
they're bringing is completely different now because times have changed and I can definitely see the difference. Um, but when we were raised, for sure, my parents wanted us to, you know, be able to to fit in anywhere we went, you know, and not encounter any issues. And I think that was very important to them. Um, you mentioned something about language. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they we we never that I don't think it was necessarily um, voluntary, um, but there was so much going on when we were kids. I mean, my parents divorced. Um, we moved across the country. Um, there was lots of things for us to get used to in a short amount of time. And so there's lots of things that we didn't get to do. And learning the language from where our family is from is one of them. None of us, none of me or my siblings um, speak it. Um, whereas my little cousins, for example, they do speak it. Um, but yeah, I think um, they they probably had this idea in mind, you know, we didn't choose to be to be born in France like you know they they decided to move for for a better quality of life for better opportunities and then they raised us here so they probably thought the least they can do is give us all the tools that we need to be able to grow up and be comfortable and and fit in and not encounter any issues um and I think that translated into them making sure we fit in both in the Western European um, culture and also in the African culture, because that's our roots. Um, so yeah, there was, there was for sure a bit of both growing up. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I've, I'm grateful for it because I'm, I'm comfortable around all people. Um, I didn't have any black friends until very late, just because there was no black people in Normandy. But I wasn't uncomfortable being surrounded by people who were different than me. Um, and I, that that was never an issue for me. I never saw it as an obstacle. And I think that's very, very much thanks to how my parents raised me, because I know that my little cousins, for example, are definitely more comfortable just being around people who are like them, who are African. You know, they they're really into African movies, African music. Like you'll very rarely see them just watching a movie with an, an entirely white cast, for example, or just listening to to music that is not somehow African. You know, um, so yeah. Different That's things, very interesting. But, yeah. um, so the difference between kind of really assimilating or staying within your communities and the pros and cons of that. You mentioned something about an awakening that happened when you went to the UK. And I wondered if you could just tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah, so not really an awakening. I, I wouldn't call it that way, but it was definitely um, a shock to realize that where I was I mean although I was aware of it because I did uh, go back to Paris every so often to visit my dad and Paris is a completely different population than Normandy um I went to uni in Brighton and it's very international um the, we, there was everyone there and I think that's the first time I really realized that I had been in in this bubble for so long and I that's why I <clears throat> sorry that's why I also looked to move because I realized that being in Normandy was really just not how the outside world looks like it's not <laughs> it's not the the complete picture of of most places in the world and so um yeah when I moved uh, as I said I didn't have black friends until very late and that was until I moved to to Brighton 
um, where I got to be around people from lots of different backgrounds. Um, and I think that's what that's what you meant by that, that I just, yeah, I just expanded even more into cultures, different communities, different people. Um, and that was a very good experience. But you also mentioned something about your perspective of Black people before that, and you asked your question to yourself, do I like Black people or not? You kind of asked yourself the question like that. Do you remember saying that? I can't remember what we were talking about. But just when you had first moved to London and you were like asking yourself. Oh, oh, okay. I remember that. Yeah, okay. Um. Oh, okay. So it's before I moved to London, Um. was it... I, I don't know if we talked about that. Was it the people I dated? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like before coming to London, I don't know. I feel like it has kind of to do with just because when I grew up, I guess, and when you get to the age of you start to like being interested in boys and all of that um, or whoever you're interested into, um. I was in a bubble where there was literally only white people. <laughs> so <laughs> I just didn't really have a choice. And when I started to develop these feelings and started to to knowing that about myself around me, it was only white people. And I feel like I carried that for some time with me when I moved. Um, when I moved to Brighton, I mean, I, I pretty much only dated white boys, I think. Um <laughs> And then, yeah, definitely after, as I got more comfortable and discovering just new people, I I just started dating people from other backgrounds, obviously. But yeah, I think what you mean specifically, yeah, <laughs> there was there's definitely a threshold, a point in my life where I'm like, before that, everyone in my life was white. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of had an awakening of kind of acceptance yeah. and understanding. Yeah, well, just also just being grateful that that I I didn't stay stuck in in that bubble forever, and grateful that I got to move in. Because now, when I look at my friendship group, it's like if I was still in my little moult in Normandy, there's no way my friendship group would look so diverse and so rich, and so it wouldn't look that way at all. And so, yeah, definitely, when I compare what my friends and the people I hang around with and now to when I was in high school for example it's a whole different scenario for sure. So I'm actually really interested in you're a scientist you're working in pharma you've been able to succeed I'm wondering if you can tell me a little bit about uh, you know what the skills are and, and what is the mindset that you have mm -hmm. to succeed the way you yeah. have. Mm. I think, um, so going back to the thing I said before, my parents telling me because we are different, we're going to need to work harder. That never stuck with me. That that never stuck with me. I, that's not really something I ever thought about. Um, to me, it's all about if you give yourself the means to achieve something, you will be able to achieve it. And I think that's what I've done in all aspects of my life and that that got me to where I am here um I don't think there's I mean it's possible that I'm just not aware of it or I might be naive and not realize it um but I haven't noticed any particular obstacles um on my way 
because of my skin color. Um, although I would say that if anything, being a woman mm. is probably the <laughs> the biggest obstacle here. <laughs> um, yeah, speak to that. So, yeah, tell me more yeah, about that. Yeah, so to me, um, that's being a woman is always. I mean, that's at the forefront of all inequality issues in the workplace, difference between man and woman. There's obviously a lot of things of different ethnicities, of course, and also your sexuality, all of that. But the disparity between being, I mean, being a woman and being a man, that to me is what I've noticed the most, mostly with pay, for example. I know that some people that have a lower level of education than me who were doing the same job at the same time as me were, were getting paid more. Um, and I know it has nothing to do with my skin color because other females were getting paid the same and as me. And so going back to your question, um, to me, success, you just, the mindset is just, you just need to work hard in, and everything you do and although sometimes there are factors you can't control that will be against you um at the end of the day if you if you see things negatively from the start there's no way that you anything positive is ever going to happen so if you start with the with the mindset oh because i'm a woman i'm gonna need to work harder or because i'm then instantly everything you do is going to feel harder than it potentially is and yeah i mean it's difficult to say because i saying you work hard i mean everyone can say that that that's i feel like that's just what i've done but i've been pretty resilient from a very young age i mean i moved when i was young um to study a science degree in a completely different language that I pretty much taught myself at home. Um, so from very early on, I just, and actually maybe that is because in the back of my mind, I was like, I have to work harder. I don't know, but I, at least not consciously, I didn't do it consciously because of that. Um, but I've always had lots of ambition and I've always worked really hard and I, I've just always wanted to go far. And so I just worked towards that, really. So could you say that you would be a role model for little children in Paris, <laughs> in the in the different communities in Paris with regards to the No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't. Um, I think that there's definitely, for sure, other people who, who would be considered role models because they have a more well-rounded good everything um whereas me I, I I don't think there's anything really that that needs to be admired about me I I just do what I have to do you know that's, no, that's, that's actually a role model you do what you have to do and you have a positive attitude towards yeah. what you're doing um I think I asked you once about whether you think racism exists. Um, and I wondered if you think it does. And I wondered how, the, if it does, what is the attitude you have towards it? And if it doesn't, what is the attitude you have towards it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, for sure, it, it definitely does. Um, I do think that people will experience it in very different ways um, and, and people also view perhaps 
uh, one event differently. Um, as in, for example, myself, I don't think I've ever experienced blatant and open racism. Um, I've never felt, I've never had a time where I felt discriminated against because of my skin color. As I said before, I felt times where I was because I'm a woman, um, but my skin color, not really. Um, I feel like people, I mean, it definitely exists and it's a it's a terrible thing i mean it's it's existed for for years and years and years and i don't think it's going to end for years and years and years um but i do think it's important to be able to go through life without just labeling yourself as a color or as an ethnicity to be able to see things in a brighter light because if you start your day you look in the mirror and you put a I'm black sticker on your forehead. It's going to be very easy throughout your day to everything. Some everything someone says to you, you're going to relate it to that because it came from yourself in the first place. You're the one who who kind of is making everything about your skin color. So it's not very surprising that everything people say to you, you're going to associate it with your skin color. And because I've never really had that mindset, I've never really been like, um, if you ask me to describe myself, the first thing I'm going to say is not going to be black or African. There's so many other things about me. Um, yeah, so maybe so, we can get you to do our little identity descriptors. You're in the middle <laughs> and around our little descriptors of Flora. Maybe you could say who Flora is. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so. To describe myself, I think the first thing I would say is funny, um, like funny or fun. Um, I try to incorporate that in everything I do. So that would probably be the first one. Um, there would be ambitious in there. Uh, there would be uh, loyal, very um, enthusiastic, um, curious, passionate. I mean so many <laughs> so many things um well i could go on for a long time so i yeah. really need to stop but well thank you i mean i think that that has been a wonderful conversation of really getting an understanding of flora as a person and your really amazing attitude towards life so i really want to thank you flora for this great conversation and being part of this project yeah, thanks for having me. It's it's a very interesting conversation that we get to have here that I don't get to have any other time. So it's been really interesting. Thank you. This podcast has been brought to you by Saffron Global Health. It complements workshops that are designed to create a safe space to talk about identity and to create a sense of belonging. If you want to learn more or get involved, please visit our website at www dot saffronglobalhealth.com